Danielle Taylor, this is Pastor Hill, affectionately known as Pastor Katie. I wanted to kind of do this final book for us. It's going to be soon 2023, but I wanted to get this off. A lot of people wanted to see um, a lot of different things that's been going on behind the scenes. So I wanted to have my husband, Kimo Uyola, to join us on today. Hello, Poppy. What's up, Amelia? <laughs> and he's doing his own for reading the Bible for a year. And he just completed his uh, last one for this year, which is a good thing. Congratulations. I am awesome. <laughs> So I wanted to kind of let our listeners know a little bit about me and you. How did we get to meet? How do we, how do we meet? Yes. I think we both I think we both have two different stories on how we met. Yes. Uh, for me, how we met, I originally met you in both the military. And we both, I originally met you, but you don't remember me meeting me in uh, Fort Polk. Mm -hmm. That was when we were training to be deployed to Bosnia. We were at Fort Polk, Louisiana, military installation. And uh, there was another dude just eyeballing you. And he was telling me, hey, I got to meet this chick. And I was like, who's this chick? And then he pointed you out. And I said, well, what are you waiting for? Go talk to her. And that's basically the first time I kind of met you with yeah, it was, I think it was even a passing. You just kind of looked at me and said hi to me, but you didn't give me a second look, which I understand. Too much to bear. Okay. But then officially, uh, when we both officially acknowledged our existence, that would be in Bosnia. Um, <clears throat> The, my one friend that had eyes for you, you and him finally did get to meet and get together. And I myself was preoccupied in another relationship with another person. And we kind of met up that way, kind of like as couples meeting each other. It's basically how we mainly met. This is true yeah. for me. <laughs> for his perspective. My perspective is when I met uh, Kimo is for me, I met him when we were in Bosnia and Herzegovina. And I was, uh, I met up with um, the person that I was supposed to be talking to at the time and he was already with someone. So for me and him, um, pretty much I didn't, you know, acknowledge, I acknowledged him as a person that, you know, was important to the person I was talking to at the time, but not really you know, um, not until after our wishes started getting a whole lot more closer when um, the other person was not in the, the whole entire situation anymore. And we were able to talk for the whole year. And I was in, um, I was in Fort Bragg and you were stationed in um, Fort Hood. Good. <laughs> um, but I wanted to also know is that how is your relationship for you right now uh, going into 2022 being a pastor and 
being able to uh, know who God is. How, how are things when you were going through the year 2022? Uh, so, as for being a pastor, honestly, it's not a title I actually think I deserve. Not yet. I don't think I deserve. And it's something that I had to kind of get over get over that hump with. Um, I've had thoughts, like I've always thought you don't need to have a strong uh, theology education to be a pastor. But it's kind of funny, at the moment that it was given to me, uh, I kind of felt inadequate, just because I don't have that paper saying I went to school for it. Um, this year, again, starting you know, starting January 1st, last 2022, and starting Bible in a year, it started a whole building. Like, I've read the Bible through and through a few times prior to this, to, to this 2022, mm-hmm. but verbally recording it, verbally saying it out loud, reading it out loud, it, it, um, it started building, a, uh, not a relationship, but an education for me as I was reading it. And I saw myself getting very strong, a lot stronger in my theology and being taught a lot more, being led a lot more as went through the Bible. Um, and I, as I was going, I was being led and taught more as I went, which caused me to start really doing a lot more research in a lot more, uh, in a lot more areas in the Bible and the theology. And I found myself growing a whole lot more this year with this Bible in the year that I was doing. To the point now that coming to now December, the last day of December, I find my theology being extremely a lot more, a lot stronger than what it was a year ago. To the point that I'm a lot more bolder and sometimes come off very strong, in my opinion, when it comes to anything that doesn't seem biblical or that contradicts the Bible or contradicts what uh, Jesus or God spoke, and it's, and it's in the written word. And sometimes I may come off a little rough. I do feel bad, and it's something I guess I have to get used to. Because, I mean, <clears throat> Jesus was very rough, and so was Peter. I mean, Paul. I don't, I'm not, I'm not at their level, but I do, they come off very rough sometimes. So I kind of understand how their boldness is now more. So in this year, it's been a really strong year of growth for me, especially during this Bible, during this whole Bible in the year thing. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of growing this year. I think I did very well. And I think I do see myself a lot more. I'm able to hold my own a lot stronger with more with people. Now that I've gone through this one time, and again, it's still not over yet. Next year, I'm about to start over again. So it's just going to get stronger and stronger. And I think that for, and I think that for a lot of us, it kind of is, it never stops. I think. And no. just, like I, like I, next year I'm rolling over. And um, one thing I'm not, I've kind of changed it. So I'm no longer calling the Bible in a year. I'm actually, as I, I kind of put out in this last one, it's going to be basically Bible for a lifetime um, because it's not going to mm-hmm. stop. This one roll over every single year, so it's until I meet my grave. That Bible will be read every single day until that day. So it's, 
passing out Bibles the last time. But, yeah. And I think that's and I think that a lot of people need to realize that, I mean, just for us to, you know, they're taking the Bible out of schools, universities, they're taking the Bible out of so many different, even, you know, the White House. I think that a lot of the students or either the younger generation that's coming up, they don't know that. So I think that for a lot of people, if we, we do get a lot of people to sit there and say, wait a minute, let me read my Bible. Let me kind of examine, you know, how and everything is going and how I can be able to see what's going on in the Bible and can see that also coming, you know, to fruition now. So I think that's a huge thing. Right. And that's what I, I that's why I, with me, I, like I tell people I'm very much a broken record where it's like the Bible, read the Bible. But I like I've coming to a point where I don't believe. The thing is, yes, you could take the physical Bible out of the out of the out of the church. You take the physical Bible out of the school, and you take it out of the White House, and out of everything, you take it out physically. But if if people start getting back into the habit of reading that Bible and being in that book, you can never take the Bible out of the school. Because when you carry the Bible in your heart and in your mind, it can't be taken out of the school. That's why I said it's very important for people to sit down and read the Bible, read it with their family. Even if they don't like it, you force them, sit down and listen, because some people think it. But it will, you start building it in there. If the principals read their Bibles, if the teachers read the Bibles, if the janitor and the judge lady read their Bibles, the Bible is taken into the school because it's in the hearts and in the minds. And those principles would be carried out because it's already in there and it's filled. And then those things get instilled in the children. So, yes, they are taking this stuff out. But I think we should be reaching now a time where we should start pushing a movement where read our Bibles, get it in our bodies. So you can never take it out of a, out of a school, take it out of a government building, or take it out of anything because it's already instilled within us as we go into the building. And this is so important in the word of God that if we hide the word in our hearts, we shall not sin against God. And it also says that, you know, you should teach your children and paraphrase and teach them when they, you know, you're going out, when you're coming in, teach them when you're on the way. And it just becomes more and more that there is a hunger, you know, for our young in our younger people to learn the word of God. And I think that if more people would honestly have an honest conversation about who God is and how God is, then I think that more and more God will be able to be more into our culture, more into our our way of life. And not just, you know, he's not just, okay, he's just not just in the Bible, but he's everywhere. And when they see us, they see God. Right, and exactly. It's it's almost exactly like when a new word enters the zeitgeist. You sit there and whatever, like go back and say, Gen Xers. I grew up with the word word. Word is an affirmative. Word is a positive. At that time, one person started it. Next thing you know, the whole school is sitting across saying word, word, word. It just becomes part of the whole entire zeitgeist. It's the same thing. If we continue to start feeding that into our bodies, into ourselves, 
becomes part of our, our vocabulary and, and ourselves. So you feed that into the kids, you feed the, the word into yourself, and then when you go into your workplace, into your school, you're feeding it, you continually feed it and spread it out. That's why I said it's something that should be thought of as a movement that should be started now. January 1st, start reading. You know what? If you start January, if you start March 35th or March 30th, then you start then. But start feeding into it because eventually it's going to start pushing into the zeitgeist, into everything that's around us. And I think that's something that we need to start doing. The, the time of everybody preaching the meekness. One, they, teach, they preach the wrong kind of meekness, but the meekness of Christians being meek to everything needs to stop. God's in bold. He's always in bold. God is never, I mean, Jesus never apologized for any of the actions that he performed while he was on this earth, and he was bold with his ministry. And this is something that we need to start dealing with again. We need to start being bold with our ministry. Read your word, put it out there. People tell you to be quiet about it? No. Keep going. What's the worst that's going to happen? Just keep being bold about it. And I think and I think that is a very important thing is that we do have to be bold in a lot of different ways so that we can be able to get the word out to people. And yes, it may cost us our lives, but that's the thing is that you're standing up for the truth and God protects us while we're doing this, while we're doing his work. And even if you, you know, lose your life, you still gain so much because you're going to heaven. Going and doing what God says do. So no matter what anybody says, you know, you can only sit there and say, you know, the only person that you should fear is God because he can kill the body and the soul. That's it. Nobody else can do that. So and also at the same exact time, what were some of the challenges that you had from 2022? Challenges. One of the biggest challenges. I mean, one. uh 2022 was a year of humility for us and our, for me and my family. Us. And um, there was a lot of that. I mean, there were times, like the year prior to that, you know, even at work, I was considered one of the top employees. And to sit in 2022, where all of a sudden, from being number one to second to the bottom, it's hard. It was hard watching people just kind of pass you by, you know, realize, you know, I'm being passed up for no reason. I don't know why, but these are hard lessons that uh, I know this this year was meant for us for us to learn. So you know, just to be in my humility is not something that was is easy to to deal with. You know, to remind my I guess it was a reminder of like where we came from and everything that we've done. It also became a reminder of. Uh, faith. Um, I said, I just finished reading off Bible in the Year, and the last uh, the last book that I finished reading was uh, the last two chapters in Hebrew. And the majority of it is basically faith. How there is an entire barrage of faith, faith uh, faithful prophets in the Bible, starting all the way from Abraham or Moses up until now. And God you know, giving these promises, but never at times, never actually fulfilling that promise completely until after the death. So Abraham was promised, you know, so many kids of like, you know, like the stars in the sand. 
but he never saw it come to fruition. The promise was finally fulfilled after the fact. But Abraham held that faith that God was was going to do that. Um, the same just like Abraham had the faith when he had to sacrifice his son. Abraham had never seen anybody resurrected from the dead, but he had enough faith that God was going to resurrect his son or do something to save his son. He had faith in that, and there was, but there was no guarantee to it. And it's something that I had to kind of learn this year, that one, God never guaranteed anything to me. He never guaranteed me a good life. He's never promised me riches. He's never promised me anything other than he is going to be there. Regardless of what's going to happen, he will be there. I just have to have faith that he's real and that his love for me is there. And even though we went through that when we were in the States, this is another year where I had to kind of be re-reminded and rejuvenated against that thought that even though God is there and God blesses those who are obedient to him, he never promised an easy life. You just have to have faith that he is there at every point of it. And this year has been a year where I had to keep reminding myself that. When there are certain things that I couldn't provide or certain a lot of failures that I had to go through this year to remind myself to have faith that yeah, you know, I'm standing with him and I put my faith in him and I know he's real and everything. And that he's gonna be with me at every step. So I mean one of the biggest obstacles was that. You know, and and as well as there are days that again to bring up Bible in the year, I didn't want to do it. There were days that were so rough and I was like, I'm not feeling I don't want it to this. This is not, you know, today is not a fun day for me. I don't want to sit here and scripture because I don't feel like I should be scripture today. Mm-hmm. Like I've always said, even when you don't feel it, give it to him on credit because eventually it's going to come and it's going to hit that, that love and that want going to like burst into the scene and it's going to be great. And at the moment you stop because you don't feel like it, it's that easy just to walk away. So, I mean, even not alone every day, but, you know, I, I got through it, you know, trying to juggle either doing it funny time during the day or being out in the middle of the night recording just to get it out every single day. But, yeah, it's a year, this, is, this was a rough year for me. But um, it was just trying to keep growing in my faith. That was a big obstacle to keep that faith and keep relearning that every almost every day with me on that. Yeah. And I think and I think that also too it was like, you know, situations with, you know, jobs and everything else came up and God had to, you know, remove me out of a situation where someone was saying something that wasn't right and God had to have, you know, he was able to intervene and I didn't even have to do anything. And I was like, well, God, I'm thankful and grateful for you humbling me on this year and letting me know it's not just me. It's you that's living in me and dwelling in me. I am very grateful even when I wasn't able to, you know, on certain times not being able to get things in on time and uh, having um, the teacher 
to honestly sit there. And when they saw my final paper was exactly how I've been, you know, um, my grades were, he was able, you know, to exclude it. That was only but God. And like I said, it wasn't so but I know that that's God and that's not, you know, that's not me. That's God with, that's, that's his son. That's, that's the Holy Spirit. That's God all over. And I'm so grateful for that because there's been times where I just said, you know what? I don't want to do, um, it is written. I don't want to you know, do this or that. And I just didn't want to be. So I don't totally understand, you know, but I'm grateful for him coming and meeting our needs when we needed it for us being able to honestly, you know, have honest conversations and, you know, our children are a whole lot better for it, I think. And I wanted to know also, what was some of your victories in 2022? Uh, I don't know. I don't think they're very Deeper and honest, I don't think there are very many victories in twenty two for me. Other than the fact that regardless of the fact that I was sick, if I even at a certain point almost completely lost my voice, I got through this Bible in the year. That was my, my only real victory I can call. Now, I mean, not to say that good things didn't happen this year, but uh, for me being able to sit there and go, Hey, I got promoted or I got uh, new licenses and certificates that would, you know, push me through or anything like that. There wasn't much. It was it was a struggle every day at work. It was a very struggle every day, sometimes just throughout this, this year just to get through it. Um, other than the fact, like I said, being able to finish this Bible in a year and being able to um, kind of see the growth. Um, I saw the very first video that posted a year ago and just listening to myself within that year and seeing how shaky I was in front of a camera or just recording and how um, scatterbrained I was with a lot of stuff and the growth that I've had just within this year. I mean, obviously all that encompasses a lot with the victories. I mean, like I said, I've become more bolder. I'm more vocal when it comes to me just speaking my opinion. So there's a lot of growth in that and all that I can consider victories, but those all kind of encompass the thing that I've been focusing on the most this year was that. But mm -hmm. as for, you know, uh, huge things that happened like within me and my year itself, there were many. Like I said, this was a year of humility, which was a year of just, you know, bringing me down to points where I did not I lost a lot. I mean, I lost a very small, like, I'm a person who likes to exercise. I lost that world this year. I did not want to go exercise at all. I still struggle with it today. And it's not something I'm proud of and something that I hate because I watch, you know, videos and exercise tips and it's like, I want to do that. I want to do that. But I just don't have it because of the way this year was. Um, motivation just to go through things work-wise and just life-wise got really difficult for me. There was just so much that was going down and so much uh, tearing down that it, it 
got rough, even health-wise. I know there's certain things that happened to me throughout the year. I mean, find out I had a tear in my eye. They had to get fixed. And I possibly could have lost my eyesight. You know, it's in my good eye, not my bad eye, but the good one. You know, so victory-wise, I don't think it's a very good victory, but I don't see it as a negative either. Um, sometimes you have to have those failures in order for one team to grow, as well as it gives you to finally start digging into and lifting yourself up. Sometimes that weight can be heavy, but the more sometimes the more you get used to lifting heavy weights, the easier it gets. So it gives you a strong endurance when the real weights are coming into play. So and I don't feel like there are very many victories for me this year, and I don't see it as a bad thing. It's a good thing. Um, once again, going back to the last few chapters of Hebrews, it's something that's mentioned as well, that um, God never promises. You know, um, God disciplines us. Like the, you know, when we're out of favor, He'll discipline us. When He feels that He needs to get you straight and on track, He'll discipline us. Not because He hates us, it's because He loves us. He sees us as His sons and His daughters, and as us as parents have to discipline our kids in order to get them on track because we love them and to strengthen them. He does the same thing. So this year, as much as it's a year humble, it was a year humbling. I think it's also a year of he was disciplined. He was disciplined me a lot because I might have been coming out of whack a bit, and it was something I needed to be straightened out. And I needed, you know, I needed that kind of disciplinary love in order for me to, I think, start strengthening it up even more. Because I, I do believe there's a lot coming for our family in the next two to three years. See a lot of changes coming with our family, and our structures are going to change a lot. This is something that was put into place in order to show us, you know, one, we can push through whatever's coming up and prove that we are strong and capable enough to do what we need to do. So, kind of how I feel about the shift. Okay. Well, also, too, at the same exact time, while you were doing some of the things in the Bible in the year, what were some of the key points? that would help, you know, our listeners to um, get to be able to be familiarized with the Bible, kind of, you know what I mean, help you to memorize some things? Um, Memorization is not one of my struggles. Okay. I'm just saying, you know, I struggled to remember what I ate yesterday. Um, But... I think, I mean, yes, memorizing, I do believe, yes, you should start learning, memorizing scriptures and memorizing bits of the Bible. These things are very important to carry them inside you. Um, and I, guess I don't have a talent for that, and I admit that, and I wish I had it. But um, I think mean, the main thing that, for anything, even if you're trying to memorize it, that's your strong suit, cool, go for it, do your thing. Um, but as beginners, people who are just starting and like, well, where do I start? Um, first of all, I think it's just, when I say don't take it too seriously, I don't mean, I mean, yes, take take the Bible seriously, but don't take learning so seriously. Meaning, don't sit there and go, I read devoutly 
10 days in a row and I missed three days, I ruined the whole thing. Now I got to start over. I got to wait a whole year. You missed it. So what? Just pick up and keep going. It's, um, like I said, it's not a race. Like I said, this is, the book is not an easy book. It's a long book. I mean, 75% of it is Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And it's a good chunk of that Old Testament. It's dry. And it's hard to get through. But like True. I said, it's, some, it's a muscle that you have to develop. Just like you learn to hold your breath. You want to learn to hold your breath for three minutes? You have to go in the water and hold your breath for a couple seconds. And then it gets longer and longer. And next thing you know, you went past three minutes to five minutes. It's something, it's a muscle that gets built up. And when you start reading the Bible, it you don't, it's like, don't take it so seriously, as I said, where it has to be such a strict thing. You read it. You, if you miss, you miss. You just pick up and keep going. It doesn't necessarily have to be Bible in a year. It could be Bible in two years. It could be Bible in 18 months. It's at your own pace. It's at you to understand. Um, I think the memorization stuff comes also a lot easier once you actually first get that um, foundation in. Read it, read it one time through. Get it in your body first. Then when you start clicking in, you say, okay, cool. I've read the first one, first time around. I know what's in the room. Now, let me find, start getting in and finding what speaks to me the most. And then work on those. So those are the things that I think um, the spirit is telling you. You need to have those in your body more. So those you take, those you start to memorize. And then continue to read. Because just like repetition, the Bible a lot of times works. It works exactly like a song. When you have your favorite song, you'll sit there and listen to it 10, 20 times in a month. And then next thing you know, by the end of the year, you have the entire thing memorized. You didn't physically sit there and memorize every word of the song. You just let it feed into your head, and eventually it stays in there. It finds a home there, and it's there. And then when it needs to be brought up, that song comes up, and you know every single word every harmony you know everything about the song because it's gone through you through you so long again when you get in the habit of reading the bible especially reading it constantly over and over it's the same thing eventually it finds itself a home inside your mind and it stays there and then as you need to bring that those things start to come back up it's like i remember that verse i remember that chapter i remember that story and it's easier for it to come back up and come back up but i think and I said, you need that foundation first, where read it first time through, build the foundation. Let the Spirit then tell you what it needs you to hold on to, that memorize. But then you keep going and building on that foundation until it, be, it, it holds a home in your mind where you start bringing up scripture. Like I said, I don't, I have a hard time with, uh, like, I can't sit there and go, you know, Matthew, this, this, and that. It's, I can't. I have a hard time remembering that. But when it comes to stories that are there and and uh, scriptures are key points, I can remember those. So there's a couple where it says this, this, and that. And I know it's in here. So I can kind of, now I'm getting to a point where I'm kind of narrowing it down, kind of starting to form a spot. I found a spot in my head. Now as I go more, eventually I'll probably be able to start like, throwing out, you know, verse, uh, chapter and verse. 
but it's, it's a slow buildup. It's something that shouldn't be um, rushed. Because the Bible yeah. is not, it's not a textbook. It's not something you rush through, you memorize, and then once you memorize, you throw everything away and move on to the next thing. It's just something that you, this, this is with you. It, it's supposed to be with you. You're supposed to hold on to this. Again, it's like that's your favorite song. It's always in your head. It's your favorite. And that's what this book is supposed to also be. It's supposed to be like your favorite book that you've read so much that you could start naming verses, uh, chapters out just simply because it's something that's so embedded in you. And again, that's when it starts to embed and grow inside you. And so, yeah, one, don't take yourself so seriously. Don't take the having to read the Bible near so seriously. Get the book. Open it up. Find a good um, reading plan. Best way to do the reading plan is oh, is try to find uh, reading plans that are in chronological order. Not don't mm-hmm. read the Bible as it is cover to cover because it will confuse you because it's not in chronological order. I mean, after uh, the, after the first five books, it stops being chronological and it gets a little confusing. So if you can find yourself a, a, a reading guide that is in chronological order, mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier. And you just take your time with it. Slow with it. Again, this is a time when you're building your relationship to know God and what he's done. Everything that's happened for us. It's also the time for you to get to learn Christ. Because Christ is in the beginning and in the end of the book, as well as the Spirit. They're all in there from beginning to end, and it's a, that you're able to start building your relationship with all three. Again, it's something that most people don't uh, realize. Everybody, everybody always hears, it's like, have a relationship with God, build a relationship with God. People keep forgetting, yes, the, the, the Trinity is actually the one, but each one of them deserves their own time with you. And mm-hmm. it's something that you should really start developing. Uh, this year, I've started a lot harder in developing my relationship with the Spirit. And it's kind of paying off pretty well for me. Um, you know, I've worked on my relationship with Christ and my relationship with God. And I do know all three kind of work together. But there are times where it's like, Spirit, I need you to help me with this. And that stuff kind of pays off because it's a relationship that um, I've been building up. It's, it's kind of a unique thing that kind of worked out with, you know, forming relationships separately and knowing all three are going to the one. It's kind of hard to describe in a way, but it's, it's interesting to have them all. Having a separate relationship with each part of, each part of the God. And I mean, also the same as I can too, for me. I mean, yes, read it all the way through, but when I started learning, when I was a little kid, I was learning it, but I would handwrite it out. Um, sometimes I would memorize it and it sticks with me like certain scriptures or what have, but that's depending on the person. It's not all for everybody. So just to let you know, everything is not for everyone. Um, sometimes I would have sticky notes or sticky tabs somewhere, or, you know, just put things somewhere where you remember the scripture. And also at the same exact time, you know, that's when sometimes the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost will bring things back to your remembrance, as he was saying also. So it depends. And also with being able to have a relationship with God, um, reading your Bible, prayer, you know, also all those different meditating on the word of God, all of those different things come into um, 
to how we are able to relate and be able to do what we need to do for God and also to read the Bible for the relationship we have with him. I want to also the last question that I do have, and I think that um, I wanted to let our viewers know that you do do a lot of creative um, items or different different ventures for um, it is written. But how do you feel as though um, when you got saved and your experience, how does it, how is it now compared to when you first got saved? How, how is it for you? Has it changed or has it remained the same? Um, when I got saved, uh, I think the thing is, I don't know. I always feel like I'm always apart or separate than everything else. Um, when I got saved, it wasn't in the church. I didn't get saved by an individual. I didn't get saved. You know, there weren't, there was nobody around. Um, it was just God or Christ that took me on at the moment. I couldn't remember who it was that got me. I remember praying the night prior, saying I was done, and if you wanted me, you can have me. I, I'm done trying to do this on my own. And um, I was actually here in Korea in 1997. And again, I was separate. I didn't have family. I didn't have anybody. It was just me. I just got here. So I didn't really even know anybody. And the only thing I remember the next morning, I physically felt someone shake my leg and said, get up, get out, and just go. So I got up, got out, and I just went. I just walked. And I got out over by the flight line when there was really nobody there. Just flight line. It was early in the morning on a Saturday. And um, I would see me by myself. And I remember just seeing the sky open up. And God was telling me, it's like, I got you. You're okay. You're mine. And I want you. And all this other stuff going on in your life, all the people that have done you wrong and all the people that have, that everything that's gone on is done. Don't worry about them. I'll, I'm taking care of those people just like I'm taking care of you. And as long as you want me, I'm here. And I remember saying, I want you. This is what I want. I want you in my life, Christ. And that was the day I got saved. There was nobody there. It was me and Jesus. That's it. So it was a very, like, by myself thing. Um, I know when I got back to the marriage, um, attitudes changed a lot. People treated me a lot different. I was very... People spoke to me a lot more and what have you. But I think in the beginning, like everybody else, you know, my my want and my hunger for Christ was really strong and I was very much book, 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 try to study. Um, I guess time went on, I got very lazy at it and I treated God 
treated Jesus like a genie, where it was like, I'm going to pray, and he's going to do, and everything's good. And mm-hmm. I was totally wrong. And mm-hmm. again, there was no one no that taught me these things. These are things that in time, it was, I would pray. There was a period, I, I remember I was so angry at God, or at Jesus, I was like, you know what? You don't deserve my prayers, and I'm not praying to you anymore. Mm-hmm. And I shut that down. And, um, but I always believed in him. I was always there. I never kicked him out of my life. But say, as I say, he didn't deserve my prayers. But, um, I don't know, little by little, you know, kind of creeps back into, he kind of creeps back into my life. And then it was kind of like, I got, I get hungry. So I end up reading and I end up studying and I end up learning. So with me, I think, I think I'm stronger now than I was then, only because then I was I had the love, but I had but I also had a lot of ignorance. And then I was not wrong by the few people that I did come across. And it just you know, I thought I was right, but it was very wrong how I was taught. And then it wasn't again till I got pulled aside and you know God with Jesus was like, hey, you know, listen to me. I want to show you where to read and where to study mm-hmm. and learn from here. And again, once by myself, I was studying and I learned on my own. And my doctrine was very different than a lot of people. But as kind of kind of time time get going, I did come across other uh, mentors. Um, I always say, I know Robbie Zachariah, he didn't go out, you know, in the right way. He fell. But mm-hmm. during the time that I knew Robbie and that I studied a lot of stuff, it was still biblical. It was still on point. still helped guide me in the right direction to teach me. Um, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for what he did in his teachings to me. I feel bad and I'm sad for what happened towards the end that he ended up falling. But again, I don't go uh, the baby out with the bathwater. There was a lot there that he taught. I always remind myself that, you know, David was loved and he was and he loved God very much, but in the end he fell and fell hard, but it never stopped his love for God. Now I know Rob is not an excuse for what he did, but mm-hmm. I knew he had no I knew he had a love I know he had a teaching, and what was there was strength of God's strength, and it's not what I take, not the example of Rod. But I learned from all that, and my doctrines very different. Sometimes considered very harsh, simply because I do believe if something is not biblically right, if a pastor is not right, or something is done wrong in a church, you need to get rid of it. You need to go instead of watching churches, so it's okay because the pastor can do that. I was like, the Bible still can tell you. Paul tells you straight up. If mm-hmm. this is happening in the church, the pastor's not correct, and he doesn't want to fix it, then he needs to go. There is no mm-hmm. in area. Now, if he gets caught and goes, I'm sorry, I want to fix it, that's cool. We'll fix it. You have to step down, and we'll fix it. But if there's no remorse, and you do it because 
and mm-hmm. as the church you let it go just simply because he's a pastor or the deacon or whatever title they decide to give themselves. No, they have to go. It's, and it sounds strict, but I think, like I said, my I've grown a lot more, and again, because of reading the Bible and learning the things that are there and how things should be done. I'm a lot stronger now than I was then, obviously. Mm-hmm. I had my moments of whispering, my moments where it's like I haven't, haven't um, been close. And sometimes it's by choice and it's not right. You know, but again, we are like children. We sit there and we make, you know, God doesn't give us what we want. He doesn't give us the toy that we want. We throw a tantrum and go, you know what, I'm not talking to you right now. And the habit a lot of us have. A lot of us get mad and go, I don't want to do this. A lot of us get mad and says, hey, you're not. You may want to go there, but I don't want you there. You may want this person, but I don't want you to have this person. You get mad and throw your tantrums and it's like, hey, I don't want, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, why? I'm so doing myself. And I was, I've been guilty of that. I think that's why the five years that we were set aside mm-hmm. was a was a time was a lot of that was happening with us. We were very much this is what I want and if you're not giving me giving it to me, I'm doing it myself. And it's kinda of like God but I do it. And um but um I think now like I said, I think I've grown I think I've grown to the point and I faith that even people of faith don't like me simply because of I'll sit there and go and tell and say or think what that person is saying is not correct because it contradicts or it's not biblical. It's not being taught biblically or it's out of context or it's not right. Even though these mm-hmm. are things that have been said and done for years. Mm-hmm. And wrong, I'll sit there and go, he's preaching out of context. That verse is wrong. I don't know why he's saying that. That pastor's not saying it right. He's prosperity. And I think a lot of people find me annoying when I sit there and do that. And I'm sorry, but I, I guess it's just hard for me to hold my tongue when I hear that now. And I know what I've read. And it's like, maybe sometimes my spirit speaks before I can shut my mouth which is a good thing at times. I think it's better that your spirit speaks on behalf of you than you speak on behalf of yourself. Sometimes we have a tendency to censor ourselves. And sometimes the spirit was like, I got this. And he'll speak before you can stop. And then you realize, oh, mm-hmm. I just spoke before I said what I said, and I came off as pretty, pretty rude or pretty blunt. And, but sometimes there's things that need to be said. So I think, like I said, from when I first, was saved to now, I think I've gotten a lot stronger. I'm a lot more vocal. Um, I think one of my biggest fears is that as I keep going, it's going to get worse. So kind of like, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I might actually be even more vocal in a lot of things, which will probably get me in a lot more trouble. Actually, I haven't gotten in trouble yet, but I think trouble is about to happen for me. So I guess we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. Also, too, at the same exact time, I'm thinking this year, I don't, I don't, I like that we have been set apart. 
And I like that, you know, even when we went through the different various ministries or what have you, and God was able to indicate to us what was going on in the ministry and everything else. Um, he was able to uh, take us out of that ministry and take us into where we needed to be. Um, having more time to be able to spend with him and reading and studying and on our own, not relying on a pastor or anyone else to tell us, um, going in, getting the work done for ourselves so that when we do hear the word or if it's not the word, we are able to sit there honestly and honestly, you know, say, hey, this is not from God. We already see that. But I think a lot of people need that need that discernment, need that, you know, having to understand, look, this is what God's word says, and we can't take away from it, we can't add from it, but we, or add to it, but we should be able to do what he says do. I like that everybody isn't for us, (laughs) and that makes um, room for what God wants for us or who needs to come to our lives. Does that mean I'm hoping that makes sense to some people? God removes so, them, not us. <laughs> I, I, that, that's true, but it's all, it also comes to being a danger. That's why I think we live, us ourselves live kind of dangerously. Um, again, the Bible mentions that we're supposed to be part of a community. We're supposed to be within the Christian community that's there to strengthen us and we're there to strengthen them. Um, I think the difference between us right now is yes we are set aside but it's also we're a lot more seasoned mm-hmm. uh again discernment but discernment's not something that comes naturally um i do believe uh baby christians shouldn't be but i said me my being me, me myself i i think it was an exception it's not that i just a big christian i think baby christians should be within the community because it's easy for them because it's easy for them to to be swayed. But again, that's 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 the kind of the hard balance there. Because and you see all these churches, you go on you go online and whatever media you watch, anything Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever you media you watch, you get uh, a lot of these uh, media preachers and some of the stuff they preach, you're like that one, you're not preaching biblically. You're you're preaching about social issues and adding some Bible into it. That's not biblical because you're not teaching Bible. You're teaching uh, how to be socially, but just adding mm-hmm. God into the into the into the, into the mix. You have prosperity mm-hmm. people come in there and tell you God only gives you good things, and they teach you that Jesus and God are are genies. Um, and then you have churches that are like that. And then you have churches nowadays that are coming up that are, um, you know, who are, well, we have to allow all these other things. We, we have to, to, we have to help the church or the word change for the modern times. Where again, in your Bible, the <laughs> God doesn't change then, now, no. and forever. He and is that's constant. Why- so, but again, as for, baby Christians, that's the one danger there is, is finding churches that are biblically sound and mm-hmm. not churches that are 
hereditary, uh, not hereditary, well, yeah, who are found in uh, inherited. They inherit whoever was taught from the last mm-hmm. church, from their pastor, and yeah. was taught by, but it was never found. It's just something that's constantly taught. And again, with baby Christians, it's something that they really should be with people to learn discernment. But it's a, the hard part is making sure they get the right churches to teach them that discernment. So when time comes, they do need also to at least pray. Pray before you go to a church and not just select them right away. You need to let God lead you. Right. And again, prayer, yes, prayer is all that's important. Prayer is important, important. But again, that's this is where I guess it, 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 this is where it gets very, it's very hard and very sketchy. Where we get a new Christian, and yes, you pray, but your discernment is still not sound. That's something that needs to be cultivated and taught, that's being strengthened. And again, you know, to be put into a community that will teach you that is very difficult. So it's this really weird thing, and it's like, yes, you have the Spirit, and you pray, and the Spirit is there for you, and, you know, they'll sit, a lot of times the Spirit will sit there and tell you the place to be. But sometimes, especially nowadays, some of these churches have become also uh, shows, and you get in there, people are dancing and clapping, and it's a party, mm-hmm. and you're like, I love this party environment, I'm staying here. And nothing's being taught, but you're having a good time. That discernment mm-hmm. sometimes not it's not strong yet. It's not ripened yet. A lot of times you miss that, and you end up wasting a few years out of your life in your in your, uh, in your walk, and nothing got not nothing came of it. So I mean that's the thing. Um, yes, I, I do think baby uh, Christians should be part of the community. But they need to be very careful with their discernment and start, you know, focus, really listen to your discernment because, you know, it's easy to be to be in the wrong spot, especially nowadays. So much stuff is being yes. changed and put out there. Right. And, not, and again, ignorance of the word is what ends up a lot of times hurting you. Um, I think a lot of times when you hear... Uh, these churches and some people who are like, oh, I left the church and I, you know, what have you. It's because they start reading the Bible. And then when you start getting into it more and realizing this church is not doing it because this church is not following this, that's when you see mm-hmm. them get up and go, I'm out of here, I'm playing into the church. Um, some of them run. They're like, this is not my church. And they run. They go, I don't have a church to go to, but I need to get out of this one. So that's why I said it's extremely important. Yes, prayer is important. I don't take that down as, I don't you know bring that down it's just as important as reading the Bible but I think it's something even especially as a Christian you need to yes pray and mm-hmm. you need to start cracking that book open and start you know reading and building up and learning um I want to say it's something that I mean I guess not in a way if it was me it was a bit of an exception you know, but again, I guess it was because I was alone. I was a lot. I spent a lot of time alone. It was easier for me to be alone and be in my word than be alone and go to the wrong church. And, and I, I was, was like, saying, and it's different for me because I grew up in the wrong church. 
but God was able to teach me through that wrong church what not to do and what not to be around and starting to realize that sometimes I don't need to be with everybody, um, that sometimes I need to be by myself. Um, yes, but as a brand new Christian, you know, discernment is huge. And I'm asking God to give you that. But and also the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost will guide you to where you need to be. But constant communication with God is key. And even though sometimes we had problems with different uh, things going on in the churches and stuff, God was able to guide us and lead us out of those things. And it was very, um, very important for us to be able to listen to him. And I wanted to let you know that uh, it is written is, and I'm so glad to say this, we're almost 500 um, episodes almost um, for this year, for our first year. So I'm very grateful and thankful for that. I am also grateful and thankful for my husband, my children um, participating in it in, in, in um, it is written. But also at the same exact time, if you don't know who God is and um, how you can be able to um, receive his son. Uh, it says in Romans uh, 10, 9 and 10 through the King James Version, it says in the ninth verse that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and that and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. So I'm letting you know this time in this period, you have time. Uh, 2022 is about to be finished here in South Korea. And uh, 2023 is right around the corner for us. I am so grateful and thankful to God for taking care of us and being with us and my family on this year. I pray that you uh, take this time and this moment to accept him into your life. Receive him now while you can. Because time is not always what we think it shall be. You have more younger people to older people and in between that are going and seeing God. And you need to understand the enemy does not want to see us to be able to partake in heaven. But he wants us to be able to partake in what he has for his lake of fire. Amen. So I thank you so much for spending time with us. Um, Thank you, Poppy, so much for everything. And this is the person, the part of me that I love for, it'll be 23 years in February that we've been together and we've been able to have three beautiful children. So please go in if you have not um, heard of us. It is written by Afrocentric Prophet. I am also on Facebook and it, it's written by L-A-T-O-N-Y-A, last name U-L-L-O-A. Also at the same exact time, we are on, you know, different platforms, but YouTube is one of them. If you have any questions or concerns, please reach out to us on Facebook and also to be able to reach out to us on YouTube. Thank you so much once again and Happy New Year. Nope, Sunday, South Korea. I know.